Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 83 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at cadence charging. Before we start, I wanted to remind folks about the EV Musings newsletter. It comes out every week, and it contains the top five EV stories from the preceding week or so, alongside a little bit of commentary from me about my thoughts on the topic. Head to the link in the show notes to sign up. It's completely free and it drops into your inbox automatically at 11.50am on a Wednesday morning. Our main topic of discussion today is cadence charging. Yes, another show about charging. But we're not going to be talking about new charge units or cables or connectors or any of the topics we've touched on before when it comes to charging. This time we're doing something a little different. This time we're talking the charging cadence. Now, this comes from a listener named Anthony Carroll, who emailed me last season after the Charging Mindset episode number 73. In that episode, we were looking at trying to get new and old EV owners out of the mindset that you don't need a vehicle that does 500 miles and charges in five minutes. In his email, Anthony said, quote, Many new EVs are hitting the market with 200 plus miles of freeway range from 100%. Rapid recharging for subsequent legs of the journey seem well positioned to take advantage of natural dwell time that occurs on any road trip, bio breaks, coffee stops, lunch, etc., even before the car would be forced to stop for a lengthier charge. These and similarly specced vehicles can get 70 to 140 miles of range in 15 to 30 minutes of charging, so that a quick 15-minute pit stop in that first 200 miles of driving could conceivably get the car down the road over 300 miles before true charger hopping would have to occur, or perhaps that's the perfect time to stop for lunch. What he's getting at here is that while a 300 mile range EV might be out of reach for many people, a 200 mile EV most probably won't be, but but with a bit of judicious charging at the right point, a 300 mile trip can be accomplished with a minimum amount of charge time if the stops are taken at the right point. So today we're going to look at this and see if we can see what changing your charging cadence, i.e. the time and frequency of your stops, can do to your overall charging time. Let me give you an example. Uh, Brighton to Durham University. The total distance per Google Maps is 333 miles. Very few EVs will do that without a stop, including your Teslas. At five and a half hours of travel time minimum, it's also not a journey many people would do non-stop in an ICE car either. Not if they want to be safe drivers, at least. So the question is, what is your charging cadence going to be? In other words, what strategy will you take for your stops? So let's assume for the purposes of this exercise, you're in a Kia e-Nero with a nominal range of 230 miles from 100%. However, 230 miles is a nominal range from full to empty, as per the EV database. In reality, you wouldn't want to go below 5-10% to of the battery. If you don't know why, let's let friend of the podcast Andrew Till explain what happens in an e-Nero when the GOM hits turtle mode. Before we'd left, I had... I don't want to say broken down on the motorway because broken down gives an impression the car wasn't working, but it's just I ran out of charge on the motorway yeah. before that. Um, and I imagine a lot of people have seen that video and uh, laughed at it. But uh, because that happened before we left, we were very conscious that the that there just wasn't the range that perhaps we thought there was or, or we didn't want to get down too low because what happened at that point was we got turtle mode or I got turtle mode on the motorway back in England. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I didn't realize at the time that it just everything kind of shuts down and you can't do much. You're crawling along at a stupid speed. 
So our true nominal range on the e Nero is going to be 200-210 miles. Obviously, if you're in the height of summer and have a nice light right foot, you'll get a far better range in the e Nero than that. But for the purposes of illustration, we'll use 200-210 miles as a nominal range. At some point, you're going to have to stop for a charge. So there are two schools of thought about a charging strategy on a journey like this. The first one is run your battery down to as low as you dare and then charge to 80%. Grab a coffee, a toilet break, wait for the charge to finish and off you go. Option two is drive for 90 minutes, two hours, stop for a coffee and a toilet break, charge only while stopped and go when you're ready rather than when the car has finished charging. Repeat as necessary. The advantage of the first strategy is that it reduces the number of stops you make and will result in potentially an overall shorter travel time. The advantage of the second strategy is it will reduce your overall charge time. On top of that, it will produce a less stressed journey overall. With strategy one, you're beholden to the whims of the vehicle. I need to run the battery down as low as possible to get the best charging speed. I'll time my toilet break around that. And with strategy two, you're dictating the pace of the charging. If perhaps you are a, shall we say, a more mature gent with a bladder that has a timetable of its own, you'll want to stop a little more frequently. If you have a family with young children, they will let you know when they need to get out of the car to stretch their legs. And I'm pretty sure it won't be only halfway into a five and a half hour journey. So nature and nurture and not your battery should dictate charging stops. But once you're at your charging stop, the beauty of strategy two comes into play. You don't need to spend 30, 45 minutes sitting on a charger waiting to get to 80%. The e-Nero charges at 77 kilowatts maximum and 64 kilowatts average. And the charge curve is such that it will stay above 50 kilowatts right up to about 72% state of charge. This means if you get to your first stop after about 90 minutes, your state of charge will be down to around 60-65%, assuming you've been doing about 60 miles an hour average. At 65%, you'll still get 60 kilowatt charging on a high power charger. If you stay for 10 or 15 minutes, that's going to put 12 kilowatt hours into your battery. That 12 kilowatt hours will get you another 40 miles without any trouble. If you repeat that, i.e. do another couple of hours drive, your state of charge will be at about 30%. At that point, a 15 minute charge will net you around 18 kilowatt hours, which give you approximately another 63 miles. The eagle-eared amongst you will have calculated that those two quick charge stops have netted as over 100 miles of additional range for a total of about 25 to 30 minutes of charge time. With our nominal starting range of 200 miles and our added range of 100 miles with our quick charging toilet stops, we've already reached 300 miles of range. With our other strategy, we would run the charge down to say 15%, then jump on an HPC, sit there for 40 plus minutes to get to 80%. Of course, the car will charge at the upper limit of the charge curve because you're down at the lower end of the state to charge. But you've potentially been travelling for, you know, three and bit hours without a break to get to this point. And that's not ideal or safe or good for the bladder. So in theory, a charging cadence of shorter stops but more of them will give you more range and a better overall driving experience by timing your charges to your needs rather than the car's. So let's see how this works in practice. To take advantage of this sort of charging cadence, you need good, fast, high-powered chargers. Only two or three years back, this would have been a tall order. However, things are moving rapidly in that respect, although we're not quite there just yet. Ionity in the UK are putting in more and more of their 350 kilowatt high-powered chargers. They have 14 locations in the UK from Kent to Scotland and across to Devon. 
with an additional six locations in Southern Ireland. BP Pulse are rolling out their 150 kilowatt chargers at BP Petrol Station Forecourt, with 29 locations currently live, and they've recently announced a new initiative to install high-power charging hubs across the UK, with up to 24 ultra-fast charging points. GridServe are looking at 100 electric forecourts with 30-plus high-power chargers in each of them by 2025. Petrol station group MFG have invested £400 million into high-power charger installs across their network of petrol stations, with two locations already live, sporting eight or more high-power chargers in each one. On top of this, the UK government is funding high-power chargers at motorway service areas across the UK. These will sit alongside the 6-12 to 12 new high-power chargers that GridServe and Ecotricity are looking to install at each motorway service area. The new services on the M6 at Rugby is due to go live at the end of April 2021, with the first of these high-power chargers installed for Ecotricity. Ultimately, however, with the government assistance, a single motorway service area could feasibly have Tesla, Ecotricity GridServe, Osprey, Instavolt and BP Pulse high-power chargers all in one location. What this does, especially for the UK-based EV driver, is open up a number of possibilities around charging strategy for extended distance journeys. No longer do you have to hunt and hope for chargers as you're running out of juice. Instead, you can use existing downtime, such as when you're on a toilet break or grabbing a coffee or lunch, to charge, and just unplug and leave when done. But what about Europe and the USA? Well, we'll be looking at European charges in more detail in an upcoming episode when we discuss going on a European road trip. But in the meantime, remember that Ionity, a big in Europe, and the other big European high-power charging network, is Fastnet. They operate a chain of 350 kilowatt chargers across Benelux, Germany, and parts of Switzerland. And with these in place, cadence charging becomes a lot easier than it does in places such as Spain and Portugal, for example. If we move across to the United States, we find that networks such as Electrify America, which is the US version of the Ionity network, appears to offer high-power charging to drivers over there. They have 569 locations in the US. EVGo are the other big US charging network. They run around 800 units, although they don't have a huge number of chargers above 50 kilowatts. Which brings me to the elephant in the room when it comes to cadence charging. It does rely on having higher power chargers rather than the more commonplace 50 kilowatt chargers. The corollary to this is that if you're running a vehicle without the ability to charge higher than 50 kilowatts, this becomes something of a moot point. If you're in an iPace, for example, even though it can charge at speeds up to 104 kilowatts, if you're on a 50 kilowatt charger, all you get is 50 kilowatts. That does extend the charging time somewhat, and it does mean that some of the calculations we've been looking at here might not be as accurate as they could be. But does it mean cadence charging won't work? Absolutely not. There's no reason why you need to change your charging strategy. If you're limited to 50 kilowatt charging en route, it doesn't matter if you've got an iPace, a Merck EQC, a Porsche Taycan, or an e-tron. You're going to get 50 kilowatts maximum from a charger. So several smaller charges spread over time will still work the same as one longer charge and it will allow you to arrive more refreshed and less stressed than driving for four hours before stopping for a charge. So where did Tesla fit in all this? Well, obviously the supercharger network offers a unique selling point for Tesla owners. They recently announced the 1,000th supercharger location in the US, and what this means is that cadence charging is even easier with a Tesla. A combination of 250 kilowatt charging, large batteries, and multiple supercharger locations makes it really simple to do shorter, more frequent charges. The only problem with Tesla chargers is finding ones that have amenities such as toilets or coffee shops nearby. 
Due to the charging curve of the Tesla, it's often quicker to do a 10 or 15 minute charge to say 65% and move on than it is to stay longer and charge to 80 or 85%. This is, in essence, the benefit of cadence charging. Use high charge speeds, the vehicle charge curve and shorter charge times to minimise the number of stops you have to make. I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but when Norwegian vlogger Bjorn Nyland took part in the 24-hour EV distance world record, he only charged the Model 3 to around 67% at each stop because it was quicker to do that and take more stops than it was to charge to 80% and do fewer stops. In summary, there are many ways to manage your charging strategy when doing a long-distance run. Some people like to do as far as they can and sit on a charger for a while waiting for the 80% mark. But if you take advantage of the natural breaks you'll take anyway, it can be a lot easier to charge quicker with more stops and leverage the charge curve of your vehicle. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. I mentioned it briefly a few months ago when I talked about high-powered chargers in the UK, but BP Pulse has just announced a partnership with the EV network to build a number of fast-charging hubs across the United Kingdom. Actual concrete details are still fairly scarce about this, but what we do know is that BP Pulse will put together, quote, a significant number of new ultra-fast EV charging destinations in the areas with high volumes of traffic, end quote. These are all going to be 175 kilowatt chargers and above and will, if the graphics are to be believed, have canopies over the chargers and attached amenities and facilities. Those of you who listened to the first episode of this new season will realise that what BP Pulse are talking about are installs that are similar in many ways to the electric forecourt concept that GridServe are pushing forward. Now, I love this idea. As I said at the time, the GridServe electric forecourt is fantastic. The first BP Pulse ultra-fast charging hub will have 24 ultra-fast chargers and it will be live somewhere in the UK later in 2021. Obviously, the devil is in the details with things like this. How many locations are we talking about? I'm assuming there'll be more than a couple, but how many? 10? 50? Will they all be 24 chargers or similar? Or will we get one flagship location and a number of smaller hubs with, say, eight chargers similar to the hub at Milton Keynes? Also, where will these be located? The press release just says, quote, high traffic locations targeted, including alongside the UK's motorway network, end quote. They could put 10 of them around the M25 and along the M4 and still fulfil the brief, whilst not helping anyone in places such as Wales, Devon and other areas of lower charger density. I'll keep an eye on this one. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, please use the EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV, or I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast and the newsletter, please consider contributing to becoming the EV Musings patron. The link's in the show notes. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review, preferably five stars, as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and you're still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingsEV with the words, Cadence charging is my mantra. Nothing else. If you see the tweet I sent out which announced the release of this episode, feel free to reply to that with the same phrase. Cadence charging is my mantra. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know, every now and then he hears a piece of music and it reminds him of his childhood. He was driving along the M1 the other day and he heard the theme to a favourite show of his. 
the pizza-loving foursome known as Heroes in a Half Shell. It took him right back. What happened at that point was we got turtle mode. I got turtle mode on the motorway. Thanks for listening. Bye.